Welcome to another episode of the Wholesale Elite Podcast. I am Aisham Hipsher, and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Tanner Santucci. What up, dude? What to do, dog? Man. Guys, we got another lady in. We got another lady in. We've been wanting to get more women's stories and voices here because there's plenty of them crushing it. And not only do we just have one of them, we have one of the leading people who has been doing agent outreach, you know, before everyone else, <laughs> Ryan Zola and all these other guys. Uh, but we are joined today by Miss Eva Sazo. How are you, Eva? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. It's, a, it's an honor to finally have you on here. I've been, I've been seeing you all over social. I mean, you've got a massive TikTok following and your videos are great your journey through real estate has been so cool to uh to watch uh you, you'd be a traveling nomad who's been killing this so i can't wait to dive into your story more how are you i'm doing good i'm doing good no longer traveling i bought a house so hey, now down. i'm stationary if i if i travel it's gonna be by plane <laughs> <laughs> no more driving the sprinter around the world Oh man, it wasn't even a sprinter. It was a, a 45 foot long toy hauler and we pulled two dogs and a pig along in the back and it was a lot of wow. work. <laughs> oh my gosh, two dogs and a pig. Well, I'm going to write that down. Right? We're, we're going to come back to that. Um, <laughs> well, Eva, let's, let's get started because I, so, you know, just a, just a little uh, insight about, about our podcast. We, we like to really kind of dive into mindset and really dive into your story because I think that, you know, the things that happened to us growing up really leads us to who we are today, you know, as adults, mm -hmm. you know, working in our, in our, our careers. Um, and so you are clearly a hustler. You're someone who, um, you know, probably I think that we're going to find during our, 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 our talk, you know, people probably didn't think you were going to get to where you are right now, you know? Um, and so I, I cannot wait to hear the story um, of, of your background because from what I've seen in social, it's fascinating. So I'd love to start off with the origin story. Tell us about where you're from and what your family life was like uh, kind of growing up. Oh man, we're going to go back, back, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Um, <laughs> so I grew up, I was born and raised in Cali. Um, so nor Northern California, not LA. I know everyone wants to think LA. <laughs> we're not, I'm not, I'm not that cool. Sorry guys. <laughs> uh, but I grew up born, raised California. Um, I come from a very big family, but all of my family's a bit of the, um, let's, let's do things not the right way. <laughs> ah, I got it. Got it. Uh, so, you know, my parents, uh, were both, went in prison when I was a kid. I lived with my grandma. I had a very hard life as a kid. Eventually, my parents kind of get their things together. Um, I live with them. My dad doesn't get out of prison until I'm about 12. Um, when he does get out of prison, though, he's the one who introduced me to wholesaling without me ever actually knowing it because mm. he was a bird dog. Mm. So he had partnered with an agent and an investor, and he was out there knocking doors, but he also had a construction background. So not only was he fighting the deals and then getting paid for it, he was fixing and flipping the houses. Mm. So that's kind of my little bit of my peak into my childhood and then how I even got into this business without knowing it. Wow. Um, 
Well, I want to I want to dive back into the childhood a little bit. I know that it, it sounds like it's it's fraught with, um, you know, a bunch of interesting stories and, and we don't have to go you know too personal. But again, I, I really believe that, you know, it's it's good for people to relate. You know, because there's there's probably yeah. a, a young woman or a man who can relate to your story right now in their life. You know, this is where they are at. And so to hear that you have faced that adversity and you've gotten to where you're at right now um, is a testimony. And so I'd, I'd love to to just shed a little more light on that. So what because at some point it's not like everyone who grows up in a tough, uh, up, you know, upcoming makes it. You know, the, the the odds are heavily stacked against you. What was your, what, what was it that allowed you to stay focused, to kind of stay out of trouble um, and to seek the path of, of, you know, abundance versus scarcity? Um, that's a great question. I don't, I couldn't tell you for sure other than the fact that I didn't ever want to be what my parents were. Mm. That's what kind of drove me. I watched my mom struggle. Um, she had three girls by three different men and we were on welfare, WIC, Section 8, everything that you could imagine, we had it. Um, she never had like the best relationships with men. So she you know, went through a lot in order to get us to where we did. But I, I'll tell you what, she tried real hard, but all three of her daughters are not very fond of her. And mm. to see her struggle and to go through all that and then have her kids not really like her. And it's just like, I, I never wanted to be that person. I don't want to be that mom. I don't want to struggle like that. I don't want to have to not be able to pay my bills. I mean, we boiled water on the barbecue or to have hot baths. Mm. Um, you know, my mom borrowed money from other people in order to, for us to get food. We went to food closets. Um, we somehow, some way though, she was always able to buy us things that we didn't need, like Nike shoes. I don't know why <laughs> I was with Nike shoes, but we did. And I don't, today, if I was poor, I would be like, we're not buying Nike shoes. <laughs> but for some reason, my mom was like, we'll go to the food closet, but get Nike shoes. And so that's the kind of mindset I grew up with. So, you know, having to grow up with that and then become an adult and start a business, like that's such really hard and you have to do it crap ton of mindset work to overcome that kind of stuff because you first I don't know how else to explain it but subconsciously having Nike shoes but not being able to get food is okay having mm. food stamps and buying groceries with food stamps but then buying Nike shoes is okay when you grow up like that but mm. in reality that's, that's just not cool right. <laughs> right. that's not okay you should be able to buy your own food and your Nike shoes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, that makes sense. You know, there's, I think there's a saying, and, and I'm probably going to blow this, but it's, it said, uh, you're either pulled by your purpose or you're pushed by pain, you know, in, mm -hmm. into, you know, out of, out of the mess that you're in. And, you know, it, it's one or the other. And so you, you know, you're seeing this and at some point I'm assuming maybe like later on, you know, teenagehood or whatever, you decide, all right, I got to get my stuff together. Like, did mm -hmm. you go straight into real estate? Did you have some jobs? Like, what did you do, you know, between so, teenagerhood and now? Yeah, obviously, um, growing up the way I did, I had to be an adult before I really wanted to be an adult or 
you know, I had, I knew no other way. So I raised both my sisters, basically. I walked them to school every day. I bathed them. I made sure they ate. I was their mom. Um, and so because of that, I, when I left my mom at 15, I decided that I wanted to graduate high school early, get a state job, get custody of my sisters. So I did all of that by the time I was 18 years old. Mm. Um, but my sisters decided that they wanted to be with who, like the court lets you choose when you're a certain age. And one of them decided they wanted to be with their dad and the other one decided that they wanted to stay with their mom. So I let them do what they wanted to do. And so I didn't end up having to raise two kids. Sure. So because of that, I was already out of high school, graduated, had a state job. Um, then I decided I wanted to go into the medical field, did that, got my medical certificate, became a, a medical assistant, did the whole medical thing, decided I hated it, <laughs> decided that wasn't for me. Um, and then I became an entrepreneur. I ran a marketing agency for five years, maybe. Wow. And then um, I also flipped iPhones overseas. <laughs> and that was really good. But then 2020 happened and all the stores closed. So I could not flip iPhones overseas anymore. Where were you and, flipping these overseas, uh, just out of curiosity? Dubai and Russia and places that you're not supposed to send them to. Okay, very good. <laughs> but, and so then we'd flip them over there, we'd get, because they pay twice as much. So Interesting. Like, yeah, it's weird, right? Why? But I don't know. That's just how it works. And so then, um, yeah, and then the marketing agency closed down as well in 2022. I actually did marketing for a lot of real estate agents and... Um, gym professionals mm. and a lot of them started freaking out when 2020 happened you know they started cutting unnecessary expenses i happen to be one of those yep. so interesting wow with the marketing yeah. agency like so it, fun fact before i got in real estate it was a choice of am i going to start a medical marketing agency or am i going to wholesale that was literally the the fork in the road for me in my career, and, and it was an easy you know choice for me because I'd always wanted to get in this, but the timing just lined up. But anyways, I don't meet a lot of people that that have marketing agency experience. Where did that come from? Because you don't just start a marketing agency. Um, or do you? So yeah, <laughs> or do you? Well, so you know, during that time of becoming like. Um, when I was a medical assistant, I had actually become friends with a, a gal who was selling, she was like an MLM and mm. we were selling makeup and stuff like that. And so that is kind of what got me into the marketing agency because I was like, okay, let me do this MLM. And then I realized, oh, this MLM is just marketing. So I had to figure out what marketing. And then after I was like, I don't want to do this MLM, but I know marketing. And then she would refer me to other people and be like, hey, this girl like knows a lot about marketing. And so then other people started picking me up and they're like, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? And I'm like, oh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> and that's how, it, that's how it happened. Because at first I didn't know. They're, they were like, can you run Facebook ads? And I was like, sure. Yes. Why not? <laughs> of course I can. Of course I can. <laughs> I had I no it. idea what I was doing. <laughs> that's an entrepreneur. You, yep. Yeah. That's, that's a Tanner ready, fire, aim guy. Get the door <laughs> out later. Yep. We'll Let's figure it out. Just, just say yes and start Googling a whole, just That's what it dive is. deep. Yep. It's Gary V method. Uh, Gary yeah, V always yeah. talks about that, where it's like I school is him. almost irrelevant now because once you get out of school, you can just Google. Just Google. So. <laughs> oh my God. Now you've got chat GPT or G, GPT. GPT. They just, 
GPT, it's over there just answering all kinds of things for you. College professors are going to be pulling their hair out soon. Oh my God. All their essays are going to start looking very similar to all the students. So. <laughs> oh my God. That's the first thing I thought of plagiarism. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's how that gets worse. I, uh, I, I, I want to jump back into the story and, and just get a better understanding. Okay. So, um, you, you start the marketing agency, you're flipping iPhones, COVID happens. Um, but you said that your dad was a, was a bird, you know, a, a bird, bird dogger. And what, what happened after, uh, the iPhone flipping stopped and the marketing agency went away? So 20, that's March of 2020. Um, I, it's honestly, I remember it being March 13th of 2020. Oh, because wow. I was sitting at a cafe with my friend and this was in Vegas when I had moved to Vegas and we were just catching up and my cousin had called me and it was like, we got to cancel the Airbnb, everything, because we had all planned to go as a big family to Disney for my cousin's uh, daughter's birthday, which I'm super close with my cousin. She's like my sister. So I was like, all right, let's all book an Airbnb. So I booked an Airbnb for us. We were all going. She calls me. We got to cancel it. Everything's closing down the world is ending. And I was like, Oh, my God, what's happening. And in that same day, not only did I have to cancel on Airbnb and our, our Disney trip, but all my clients started blowing me up. And then the news started going and Best Buy was closing, the Apple store was closing. And I was just like, Oh, my God. So then for a couple months, you know, I didn't know there was nothing to do. I didn't right. know what I was going to do. I was like, crap, you know, money's going to run out at some point, I got to figure something out. And I was just on TikTok and I was just scrolling through TikTok and there goes Kong. Yep. I found <laughs> Kong and I was like, wait a minute, why does this sound so familiar? Like, what is this guy talking about? And I started watching more and more of his videos and I go, oh my God, I think this is what my dad used to do. I bought Kong's course. Wow. <laughs> I have nothing to say. Yeah. And the Kong's rest is history. And, then, and the rest is history. It's just, uh, it was a trickle effect. Obviously, I don't do any of Kong's methods. That didn't work for me. Um, He's yeah. a character. I'll tell. You, I'll say that. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he, he got is, me yeah. real quick. Yeah. <laughs> well, you he said you don't do any in. of his methods, um, and and we talked a little bit about um, you know the Asian outreach, and I just want everyone to know, you know, especially those that are the, those of you who are familiar with our podcast, you know, we we talk about uh, our community of Astro a lot. Um, but one of the major, um, you know, uh, uh, marketing methods is through agents, right? Um, and so, mm -hmm. we, you know, we connect with agents through agent outreach and we, we you know, can go for off-market properties or on-market. Um, you were literally one of the first who started doing that. Talk about how that happened because, you know, those of us that, that are in that world now, you know, we just kind of do it because that's, that's how we were taught. It made sense. But what made you realize, oh, this is, this is the way to go with no blueprint? So being an Astro, we all know that Jamil is very co-wholesaling heavy, whether that be with another wholesaler or an agent. Obviously, he talks way more now about doing it with agents than he used to. In the very beginning, it was all wholesaler, wholesaler, wholesaler. And I started to do that. But sometimes when you're talking to another wholesaler, and neither one of you know what you're doing, it's a little bit more difficult. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you know, this isn't any easier for me than it, it was calling 
um, like direct sellers going direct to seller. When I was calling them, they'd like, you know, they were kind of mean, or it was just, I was trying to convince them of something. And I, I just, I'm not that kind of person. I don't want to sit here and have a conversation where I'm trying to convince you of something. I just right. rather get to business. Like, let's just talk business. I'm very direct. Let's move forward. But working with other wholesalers who didn't know what they were doing, and I was new, I didn't really know what I was doing. We were just fluff in the air. I don't know. Nothing was coming of it. And I was just like, this is not great. I don't like this. I think I'm just going to quit. I don't know how my dad did it. I don't want to knock on doors. Um, So I was kind of like, yeah, no, I don't think so. But I kept coming to Jamil's Zooms and things like that because I was like, there's, I know that a lot of money can be made here. Something can happen. So I kept watching and he kept talking about Monique. And I was like, wait a minute, who the heck is Monique? Like, who is this Monique? So, and then he would talk about like Facebook ads and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, I know how to do Facebook ads. And who's Monique? Like, give me some more information. (laughs) So every time I got on a Zoom, I was competing with everybody else in the comments. Like, who is Monique? What what do you know about Facebook ads? (laughs) And eventually more information came out. And I was like, okay, Facebook ads doesn't sound like you know a lot about it. You don't want to do it because Jamil's so $0 marketing, no marketing at all. So I was like, okay, throw Facebook ads out the window. And then I was like, more like, Monique, tell me Monique, 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 Monique. He starts to talk more about Monique. Monique is the real estate agent that he partners with, that he's done millions of dollars with over the last years that keeps bringing him deals. The thing is about Monique is that he's made like a best friendship with her. Sure. And she cold calls for him, basically. Right. So after I kind of figured that out, I was like, mm, I don't know that I can find an agent to do that for me. But I'm related to a bunch of agents in California. Maybe I can get my cousins to do it or something. So I started talking to my cousins. None of my cousins want to do it. <laughs> All of them are like, I'm not cold calling no one. The heck? And I'm like, forget you guys. <laughs> yeah. So then I'm like, how else can I make this work? Because I want to talk to agents. So um, Thomas was one of uh, Jamil's old employees who then bought a bunch of Keegley's at one point and, and was doing trainings on there with the everybody and everything like that. And that's how I found him. And I was like, I think I just want to call agents and make offers on properties, but I don't really know how to work these conversations. And Thomas would wake up or I don't know if he would wake, I don't know what time Thomas woke up, but he would be <laughs> up at 6 a.m. every day doing comping calls. And so I would jump wow. on at 6 a.m. every day just to watch him. And eventually I just kept sending properties in there and I wasn't calling agents or anything. I was just sending properties to see what he would say, what numbers he would give me. Was I anywhere close? And eventually he noticed me and he gave me his phone number and he said, Hey, like you're in here posting at 6 AM, like five, six properties every freaking day. Like, what are you doing? And I'm right. like, I'm just looking on Zillow. What are you doing? <laughs> like, how do we, how do we get these houses? What do we do? And he was like, okay, we'll just say this, this and that and, and do that. And I was like, okay, fine. So then I would sit there for 12 hours a day and call house after house after house after house, send them to Thomas, tell him what I think the numbers are. He'd tell me if I was right or wrong. Then I'd tell him what the agent said. He'd tell me what I should say back. And we just did this for months. And if you go back and look at Jamil's trainings in Astro, you'll see Jamil come on and start talking about me because Thomas kept popping into the office to talk about me to Jamil. <laughs> because I was just blowing up Thomas's phone every day for like 12 hours for like three months straight. like. Oh, what about this deal? What about that deal? And that's that's how it all began. Well, I, <laughs> I, I think I want to take a second here. I want just to point out something real quick. And I think it's pretty evident um, early on in this episode where 
you're the perfect example of an entrepreneur. Um, and not just because of your background and where you came from, but more or less the action you take and the aim first, um, or, or shoot first, you know, figure out everything else out later, because I think a lot of people get stuck in that analysis paralysis rather than, I, oh, yeah. I think a lot of people are going to get value out of this episode already again, because of what you just said, where you didn't know jack shit essentially. Um, but you still were going in, you were getting up at six in the morning to go to calls just to learn. And you weren't even, most people like me, I'll admit it. I wouldn't have even thought to go to Zillow and just start shooting random addresses just to see how they were comping these things. Like that's, I actually always mentions that you have to be super resourceful as an entrepreneur. And for you to, to think of something like that and just to quickly take action, figure out everything else out later. Um, that's the important things. You put your foot in the door. Guess what happens? You start getting noticed. People start seeing your name around. People start seeing, hey, this girl's about her. She's about her action. Like she may not know exactly what to do, but she's she's you're moving the needle every day. And that's how Thomas noticed you. And now, obviously, Jamil knows you, of course. But I just wanted to point that out to people that are listening. Like, go put your foot in the door, figure everything else out later, because the more you're the more your name is out there, the more you're taking action, the more you're going to get noticed and the more people are going to be willing to help you because they don't see that. Like, I'll keep this brief real quick, but people come to, you know, and I'm sure you know this, of course, but people always come and reach out for help, whether it's to us or other people. And then, you you know, you give them instruction or maybe give them a little tipper here. You never hear from them again. And those are the oh, people yeah. that you just forget. But the people that keep coming back, keep asking questions, no matter what the question is, um, I think it's very important. So I had to step in real quick and acknowledge you on that. And I think that's awesome. So well, thanks. I, I agree, though. Yeah. Entrepreneurship is not easy. Nope. No, you'll you'll hear not. no's all day long. <laughs> You're kicked down all the time and you just have to just tunnel vision. Don't let it phase you. Just keep going. We're professional firefighters. Like, you know, we're yeah, just constantly just solving problems. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. So, so you, you're, you're doing agent outreach. You're just getting started. Um, you know, there's a big concern, like you, you paved the way, you know, in, in a lot of respects for, for this field that people are still struggling in to this day. Yeah. When you were making those initial outreach calls, um, you know, as a wholesaler looking to acquire lots from an agent where back then it was real contentious, you know, uh, I say back then, like we're talking in the eighties or something, this wasn't that long ago, you know, no. um, what were those conversations like? Were you acting like you were a flipper and, you know, all that stuff? Or were you just being straight up and letting them know? Or how, how did that work in the beginning? Uh, so I'm a fake it till you make it kind of person. Sure. <laughs> so, well, first off, let me start with this. Because this is something that I say on my TikTok a billion times. And something that I say to my own students and to Astro students is that you are an investor. Stop yeah. telling people you're a wholesaler. You're not. A wholesaler is not right. a thing. It's not a job description. It's 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 not a thing. It's something that we made up in the media to make it more simple to understand. But a wholesaler is, is an action. It's a verb. It's assigning a contract. That's the definition of it. You are not a wholesaler. You are an investor using the exit strategy of wholesale. So stop Same. calling yourself a wholesaler. You are an investor. When you talk to an agent, you're an investor. Your exit strategy is none of their business. You could choose any investor in this world will decide, oh, I want this property and I'm going to do this. And then the numbers don't make sense, but they still want the property and they pick a different exit strategy. That's exactly what you're doing. You're no different. So stop treating oh. yourself like you're, you're different or you're an imposter or something because you're not. You're my just job. a beginner. That's it. Yeah, my job. yeah you're not. <laughs> you're an investor. Stop saying you're not. 
So when I call, I'm an investor. I, I'm an investor. And in the beginning, of course, the things that I said weren't necessarily true. And I would refer to a partner quite often because even though they weren't really my partner, they were still buying things from me. They were my sure. partner in a way. Sure. And they were fixing and flipping the properties. So, and somehow in some way I'm involved in that transaction and, and that thing happening. So that's my partner. I'm part of that transaction. I help fix and flip that property in my head. And to the agent, that's that's what happened. So I'm a fix and flipper. I'm a buy and holder. I'm an Airbnb, like I used to own Airbnb. So I'm an Airbnb investor, you know, I, I fake it till I make it. Absolutely. Somehow, some way you're <laughs> intertwined with those kinds of situations. So you're not really lying. You're just spinning the truth of the future. Yep. That's it. You know, it's so important that you said that and you made that distinction because <clears throat> gosh, I, I, I know, and I've said this story before, you know, when I first started my journey, I, I learned about wholesaling from a TikTok video like you. Uh, it was Paul McComas. And I asked my buddy, Aww. sat down and had lunch. I know, RIP. Um, mm -hmm. Sat down and had lunch. And I picked this guy's brain. His name is Jesse Stanton. He's one of our first interviews. I was like, Jesse, tell me everything you know about this. And he was telling me the process. And when he got to talking about the contract, and I was like, well, what if you don't find a buyer? And he's like, that's the beautiful thing. We can just cancel out of the contract. And I, I knew immediately, I was like, that's the pain point. That's the problem that everyone has with this. It's right there. That, that's mm -hmm. got to be it because that's where there's no downside to, to doing this. And so that means unscrupulous people are going to come in. They're going to take advantage of that. Like that's just human nature. I knew that right away. And so I thought that I came up with the genius idea of going buyer first. I was like, what if we just find our buyers first? And then that way we don't have to worry about, you know, ever canceling. And so um, man, it's, it, it's, it's such a powerful story to, to say that faking it till you make it, you know, you say fake it till you make it. And I've said that for a long time, but what I'm also learning is it's, you know, faking it. Yes. But you're also just rewiring your circuitry in your brain. You're, you're, you're having a better understanding for the macro sense and in the sales conversation of what it is you're actually doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, like you said, wholesaling is not, uh, it, it's a verb. It's what we actually do. It's an exit strategy. It's not a noun. It's not who we are. Um, and so once I rewired my brain, I wasn't faking, you know, I wasn't lying to myself. I really am an investor. You know, I don't mm -hmm. have tons of money right now to go, you know, take down a huge project, but I'm still, I'm in the, I'm in the game. I'm here. Mm -hmm. And so once I settled around that, I was able to move forward and get deals. But when I was telling myself, I was just lie. Was, there was this thing that I'm really not. I'm just trying to convince myself of it. It was a struggle. But the minute Imposter I, syndrome. I believe, yes, 100%. Mm -hmm. The minute I believed that I was an investor, I was able to move forward. So I loved that you said that. It wasn't, it wasn't a lie. You were just, you, you were speaking the future in existence right now. Yeah. No. It's a, and a, a wholesaler is just an investor's exit strategy. So you're an investor. There is no such thing as a wholesaler. It's something we made up in the media. Just get rid it. of your imposter syndrome. There's no such thing as a wholesaler. You're an investor. Well, look, <laughs> let's fast forward because this was, you know, that was in the past and, you know, we're, we are now here. Life is grand. Uh, there's, there's no more financial struggles and woes. You just got off a killer vacation. You travel the world. What is, what are some of the, the life freedoms that real estate has afforded you now? 
Um, you know, I made a I made a post on Instagram a couple weeks ago that kind of talks about this. And my life, I don't know, because I want to say my life overall is not different, but in reality, it's way fucking different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, because my mom never had a $900 a month car payment, okay? I have a $900 a month car payment. It's ridiculous. And to think like, my mindset now, I think, oh, that's no big deal. But as a child, huge deal. Mm. I didn't ever had uh, the nicest Lexus with the red interior seats and like that wasn't a thing. As a kid, my mom never owned a house. I bought my house. I just, in 20 days, I was sitting in my RV. Um, the whole reason I moved to Orlando is because I, I basically got divorced and my ex went back to Vegas and I was kind of left here with our RV and the truck and the animals and I had to figure out what I was going to do. And so in 20 days, I said, I'm, I'm buying a house. I'm staying in Orlando. Mm. So I bought a house. If I didn't have that financial freedom, that would have never been possible. So wow. like my life is drastically changed choice wise. I now have the freedom to choose whatever it is I want. I got $200 Yeezys. Like never in my life would I buy $200 shoes. I would prefer to go buy $13 sandals at Ross, but everybody and their moms wore by Crocs. And I was like, Crocs suck. And then <laughs> they were like, no, <laughs> they were like, no, really Yeezys are the thing. And I was like, well, Yeezys are so hard to get. And so I just, I bit the bullet and bought $200 Yeezys. I'll never buy, I, I want like five pairs of Yeezys. They're the best shoes ever, guys. Forget the Crocs. Yeezys are the most comfortable <laughs> shoes ever. Okay, but but I would never usually buy something like that. That's just like, even with the money I have now, I still consciously really think about those kinds of decisions. Mm -hmm. Do I really want this car? Do I like? If I buy this car, what are the benefits of buying this car? Do I mm -hmm. do I even really drive the car? No, I hardly ever leave my freaking house. But <laughs> but getting the car and getting in the car gives me a whole different vibe and belief within myself and a different level of, it's just a different level. Sure. And because of that, I'm able to manifest and, and continue to build and, you know, move myself up the ladder in that way. If I chose to sit in the hoopty that I had back in 2018, it had no AC, the radio didn't work, the car door handles didn't work. Uh, the you know the window didn't work so you had to crawl to the back of the car to open Oof. the door to open the other door it was if I still I had that the, car <laughs> I haven't heard the I word hoopty in a minute hoopty it was a hoopty <laughs> it had it was it was falling apart on me poor thing it was it was a nice car for that time though <laughs> that okay man the that's super inspiring. And I, let me ask, okay, so personal development, because you, you know, you weren't this way um, back in the day. And obviously action has kind of pushed you into this person, but are you a reader? Is there, is there a, a person that you've kind of looked up to along the journey that you've followed or podcasts or what's been your personal development journey? Yeah. So my, I think the whole like, I don't want to be like my mom has pushed me a lot. So when I do read or hear something inspirational, I grasp onto it very quickly and I hold onto it and I dissect it. And I think about how does this apply to me? How, like, how do I find more things like this? So I do listen to a lot of stuff. I'm not a big reader. I don't like reading. Gotcha. I, I can't stand reading. And if I do sure. read, I think it has to do with my ADHD. Same. Because if I do read, read, I have to have the book 
and the audio at the same time. And I have to have it on like 2.1 times speed. And I'm just going like (laughs) reading as fast as I can. So reading is not a thing for me, but listening, I'm very audio driven. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I listen to a lot of audio books. What are some of the podcasts you like? Let's see. Yeah, let's get that list. Other than Wholesale Elite. (laughs) Wholesale Elite is one of them. I mean, for for girls, I mean, like, I've got a lot of stuff for girls. Okay. (laughs) So, like, one of them's Earn Your Happy. Um, Obviously, I listen to, like, Wholesale Inc., which is basic. But the No Bullshit Manifestation Show, I listen to a lot of... um, the Boss Babe. What is that one girl's name? Um, girly Popcast. If you guys know about Allie on TikTok, she's super cool. Um, I started listening to, of course, I listen to Gary Vee. I listen to The Mommy Millionaire um, on purpose. You know, we all love Jay Shetty. Who doesn't, right? Oh, yeah. Jay's a man. Right? I love his He's book, amazing. I Think Like a Monk. It's such a good book. I got it right back here. It is. Yeah, I Think Like a Monk. The um, Date Yourself Instead podcast. Like a lot of the stuff that I listen to has to be self-love. Yeah, I know. That's not even all of it. I got a really long list. <laughs> we should, if I named all the podcasts to you, it'd be we'd be sitting here for a minute. <laughs> How do you um how, how do you handle because right now at your level of business um do you have a team or you do mostly steps? You do have a team. No, um, I have a team. Yeah. Okay, great. How do you how do you handle setbacks right now in business? Is it is it something that that kind of slows you down, or do you push through it fairly quickly? Um, what's what's your method for any time an oh shit happens right now in your business? I'm uh, I a lot of hiccups don't happen all that much in business with me because I'm so problem like I'm I fix everything. Mm. I'm quick to fix it. I'm quick to head it head on. I would say the bigger issue is not business wise, but mental wise, because I do struggle with like anxiety and depression and things like that. So with that taking over I tend to like say okay I'm checking out for two days kind of thing and that will have a a larger impact on my business than anything that actually happens in the business Mm. because anything that happens in the business I'm quick to go oh don't worry I got this I get on the phone with the agent I'm just like a no bs kind of person we're going to fix this and we're going to fix it now but with mentality I would struggle struggle more and I think a lot of people don't talk about how you mentally can affect your business and not so much what actually happens in the business, but what happens with you. And I think your biggest job is not always working on your business or working in your business. It's working on you Mm. because if you're not right, your business isn't going to be right. Your business reflects you. That's good. Absolutely. Well, real quick, sorry, Ashram. real quick, just, just for the audience and and us as well. um, What does your team look like? Um, and then we'll get back into the mindset behind everything. So I, I have 12 virtual um, oh, wow. people, virtual. I've now automated a lot of my stuff in the last like four to six weeks. It's been a little bit spread out because I keep taking vacations and stuff like that. 
<laughs> but um, in the last four to six weeks, I've kind of learned how to automate a lot of that stuff. So we're not growing anymore. And now I'm trying to not fire people, but spread them out because now I need less of them per market. Whereas like, if you would look at my wall right now, you would see that I have it set up where it needs like five people per market to run my market, but I don't need anymore. Now mm -hmm. I need maybe two. Wow. So because of that, I need to spread my people out thinner <laughs> right. and open in more markets faster. So, um, yeah, but I have 12 people all together right now who work in my five markets. Is, is that the number one challenge right now in your business is how, how do I create systems and processes for these other people to go into these new markets or you already have those in place? No, I, so I already have my systems and processes in, in place. The, the part where I keep changing it a little bit to make it easier and easier is the part where I like, oh, now I got to go back and catch everybody up. And that kind of is a, a hurdle that we have to jump through. Um, but my system is pretty much clear. Like I teach this on my, uh, my mentorship where I show you how to launch in 45 to 90 days. And it's buyers, relationships. We First, we find the market, analyze the market, understand the market. We find the buyers. They help us understand the market. We find the agents. They help us understand the market. And then we start making offers based on whatever's on Redfin or Privy. Or, and we start going. But you build all that first in your first couple weeks, two, three weeks. And then you start making offers. And then about your week nine is when you've had people take over and then you move into your next market. Mm. Dang, man, you, you legit have like a good system going. Yep. <laughs> That's mm. wild. That's incredible. It took three years. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, is there, what is, what is something this year that you're really, really excited about? Oh. <sighs> I think um, now that I'm getting my systems and everything locked, because this is probably the first year that I have like all my employees and my whole business systems locked, I think it's the freedom. And I think that freedom to work on me is what I'm most excited about. Mm. Because I obviously I had a hard childhood. I just turned 30, like looking at my life and seeing what like I got out of a bad relationship, like looking at all that and seeing where I went wrong and like what I need to fix and just being excited to like go in and fix all that mm. stuff. Because obviously that's a long journey and that's going to take a while, but to have the freedom to like, yeah. I don't have to worry about paying this bill or anything like that. And I can just figure this shit out and get through it is kind of exciting. Cause I'm like, okay, let's fix all this so that we can get to the next level of life. Or like what's next. That's incredible. Well, <clears throat> I think this is a perfect spot to kind of land the plane. Um, but I do want to ask, and Tanner, I'm sure you, you've got some closing questions. Feel free to, to go ham. But I wanted to ask, what is a, um, what's a word of encouragement, um, inspiration or whatever? Or if you could just go back and, and talk to yourself as a wholesaler in the very beginning, what would you tell yourself? You know, like, what are the things that you know now that you wish you would have known then? Hmm. I mean, what do I know now that I didn't know then? I don't know. I mean, you just, you got to keep going. Don't compare yourself to others. Keep working hard. You just, just roll with it. Like, don't give up. Don't get discouraged. It's not meant to be easy. If it was easy, everyone would do it. 
you know, you just got to roll with it and stick in there and push forward. And whatever you're trying to do is going to happen. It's just, it's going to happen on your time. So true. Hmm. So true. Jamil mentioned one time, um, he was talking about like detaching the timeline from your goals. He's like, yeah. I think that that's, that's the part that causes so much anxiety and frustration in people. It's not the goal. It's the timeline, the bullshit timeline that they attach to that. It's like, sure. Yep. You know, some goals do require timeline, but for the most part, you just set the freaking goal and work towards it. And like you said, don't compare, compare and despair, no. you know? Um, yeah. Comparison is a thief of joy. All, all those sayings are, are accurate. So thank you so much for that, for that word. Yeah. And, and thank you for your time. Tanner, what you got, man? Yeah, I just had a, a few questions. I'm curious, what's your what's your end goal or what's your company vision? Like what's what's your company's goal? What do you do you want to build a massive wholesaling company or do you want to just kind of build it to where you can travel and let it be? Like what's your company goal? Um, I want it to be nationwide. I do want us to be I'm pretty big, but I'm not like I'm not set on us being like astronomically huge. Like I want to be like a Kegley, but not really. At the same time, <laughs> I want to have something that I can manage, but also travel all the time. Like as long as it gives me enough financial freedom, I think I've kind of have the idea of like $3 million a year is good. Mm. I think now is that company profits is okay or is that, that personal income from the company? That's company profits. That's company profits. Gotcha. But gotcha. We, we don't have much, we don't have much overhead. So. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's the beauty of agent outreach, right? Right. Um, there's no marketing. There's yeah, it's pretty, pretty. One low. of the, I mean, this is my last question, but um, I always like to ask this to, to entrepreneurs like yourself. Um, and it's for those, what would some advice or a tip or um, what would you say to, to newer wholesalers that are getting into the business that um, have analysis paralysis? They, they don't have the confidence or maybe they don't have um, the ability like you, you have shown to just kick in the door and say, what's next? where a lot of people rather hesitate and they overthink and, you know, they cause problems in their own head. What's some advice to those people from your end? So analysis paralysis is caused by you just absorbing too much information, too mm -hmm. much knowledge. And then you're overwhelmed and then you're in analysis paralysis. You can't do anything. You're frozen. Stop watching every fucking thing. Mm -hmm. Stop watching everything. Stop listening to everything. Literally take, okay, how do I call an agent? Find out how to call an agent. Got do it for a week. Do it for two weeks. And then now, now it's easy for you. I called 500 agents. Like, who cares? They're, they're all the same. Every conversation is almost the same. Now, what's the next thing? How do I find a buyer? Okay, we're just going to look at how to find a buyer. Call buyers. Oh, it's second nature now. Move on. How do I comp a property? I'm going to comp a property every day for three months. No, no, just bite-sized pieces. Like, stop watching everything you get in jamil's course you got six weeks of education same thing with mine you got six weeks of education don't watch all six weeks you're you're just so quick to just i gotta know everything now and i gotta go 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 and then you watch all six weeks and then you're like oh fuck way too much. <laughs> where do i start yeah. <laughs> what do i do now my, it's just like don't don't do that my favorite thing um out of that is also what R Rocky Sedain um, says. And I mm -hmm. relate to you and I relate to him a ton on this, which is like Rocky would say, if he's reading a book or um, just like you said, if you need to know something, don't go try to learn at all. Rocky will literally mm -hmm. go put on a YouTube video. If you, there's something he needs to learn, he'll find the little minute or two that it gets talked about and they, 
to watch that part and then he exits out of the YouTube and discuss takes the action. So I think yeah. that's where you truly learn and that's where you truly build. And I know everyone's got their own ways of doing things. Some people really do like to learn and that's just before they go as much as they can and soak everything in before they go take action, which is fine, but be self-aware. But um, I think it's very important. And I think honestly, that's where the most growth comes from, um, which is, you always hear about it is taking the action. But if you can really yeah. dial in, how much do I need to learn? Go take that step, fail, or even get past that step. And then it's like the, oh shit, like Aishan talked about when he first locked up his first deal, he locked up that deal before even having a contract. Like he didn't even mm -hmm. have a contract ready to go. And so it was like scramble mode. Okay, now I got to get a contract. Okay, now I get a contract signed. Okay, now what's a title company? Who, who do I go to? <laughs> and then you just keep figuring it out. But I think that's where you really find the most success. And I think there's a common yeah. thing between successful entrepreneurs is that you're resourceful and you like, like I've said a couple of times on this episode, you kick in the door and you just go with the flow. You take the punches, you get knocked down a, a ton in this business, you get a lot of no's, but as long as you can just keep rolling with it and, and willing to push forward, um, success will follow. Like it's inevitable. Um, you just keep going. It's inevitable. So your story is yeah. awesome, by the way. And you're, you're thank a rock you. you really are a rock thank star. You. Gosh. Okay. Well, you know, like this is, I, I, it's something I've never said before in a podcast, but I always write down like little notes to, as almost like a theme, like this is what I would call the theme of this episode. And for you, I wrote down consistent plus persistent equals winning. Like, that's what I got out of this. Like, you are so consistent and persistent. You don't give up. You, you're resourceful. You stay in the game. And you've been doing this for long enough. You know, you are literally the OG of agent outreach. Like we're talking to her. <laughs> this is incredible. Um, and so, gosh, like it's been such an honor to, to have your time. And I know that your story is going to resonate and change so many lives. So Eva, for that, thank you so much for being on our show. Yeah. So grateful. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to share. Absolutely. Well, look, you are, you're in sunny Florida. Uh, we know you've got some markets all over the place. How can people get in touch with you? How, like, what do you got? How can people work with you? Yeah. And just message me on IG or TikTok. Um, if you have any JV deals, you'll just send me the info there or whatever. And I'll text you a, like a link and you can submit deals or whatever, but I'm at Batty Panure on all my socials. Heck yeah. Well, guys, we're going to link everything up in the show notes or in the description if you're watching this on YouTube. And, you know, I do have one last question for you before we wrap. Eva, what is your superpower? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I have a superpower. I tell everybody I'm just, I'm normal like everybody else. Maybe it's my ADHD. It's, it makes me obsessed with doing things. <laughs> there you go. I have no chill. There's no chill. I think all three of us are in the ADHD world. So maybe there's, there's yep. a little something in that. Well, yeah. again, Eva, thank you so, so, so much for your time. Guys, go follow her. Her TikTok is lit, like her IG. Everything that Eva puts out there is massive value bomb. It's very short and condensed. And just follow her. Like you want to follow a winner, follow Eva Sazo. So Eva, with that, thank you so, so, so much for your time. Mm -hmm. And guys, we want you in the seat. We want to interview you next time. So go out there, keep crushing it, keep getting it done. And we'll have you on the next episode of Wholesale Elite. Till then, peace. What up, Elite fam? That's a wrap for today's episode. But look, if you got value out of the show today, do us a huge favor and... 
give us a review or give us a like or subscribe. Do all the things to help us get the word out there. And look, we want to see you on the next show. So get out there and crush it, make it happen. Stay tuned for the next episode. Peace.